Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Bruce Nolan, happy to be with you once again talking everything Buffalo Bills. So how did I do? Did you think it was Anthony Marino for a second? That is literally the exact same introduction that he uses every time. And this is his show, so I'm just kind of trying to be more like him. I mean, really, aren't we all trying to be more like Anthony Marino when it really boils down to it? Don't we all just want to be more like Anthony Marino? I know I did. So that's the update. But you might be wondering why I'm in your podcast feed at the time when I'm in your podcast feed. Well, there's some news. And that news kind of became connected to the Bills recently. I'm recording this at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday the 12th. And early this morning, there was news and hubbub around Twitter that Texans star defensive end J.J. Watt had been released. And immediately, of course... The narrative started building. Should the Buffalo Bills pursue J.J. Watt? Well, per Ed Werder of ESPN, not only are the Bills pursuing J.J. Watt, but approximately a dozen teams are showing interest in J.J. Watt since he became an immediate unrestricted free agent, including the Steelers, Browns, Titans, and yes, your Buffalo Bills. So let's take a look at J.J. Watt, shall we? Last year, J.J. Watt had 45 pressures, 5 sacks, 11 quarterback hits, 29 hurries, and 7 batted passes. To put that in perspective, Jerry Hughes, who was the best pass rusher that the Buffalo Bills had in 2020, had 66 pressures, 8 sacks, 6 hits, 52 hurries, and 7 batted passes. So J.J. Watt would have been the second most productive pass rusher on the Buffalo Bills defense by those metrics last year. It should be noted that J.J. Watt does still get double teamed on a fairly high percentage of the snaps. So did he have the elite game wrecking season in 2020 that we're used to seeing from J.J. Watt? No, he didn't. Is there a concern about injuries after he was unable to play a full season three times in the last five years. Yes, for sure, there's a concern about that. However, I don't think there is a concern or a question about whether or not J.J. Watt can still play because he he absolutely can. So I think that there's an interesting middle ground to be had here. I don't think that J.J. Watt is the dominant game-wrecking force that he was at his peak. For a while... J.J. Watt was the best defensive player in football. The way that we currently think about Aaron Donald, that's the way people thought about J.J. Watt. Now, the last couple of years, as mentioned, he's had some injuries. He did play a full season this last season and was a good player. Not an all-world player, but a good player. That's what he was last year. So there's a middle ground between he's ineffective and washed up and can't help a team anymore, which I don't think is true. And then he's an all-world player who's worth a market contract. 
if you've been paying attention, market tier one contracts for edge rushers are $25 million a year. So the Texans released him at $17.6 million a year. Now, one of the reasons they released him is because he didn't have any guaranteed money left. And so that was a straight $17 million get for them. That was a straight, clean break. And that's one of the reasons why it was opined and rumored that J.J. Watt was going to be on the move. Because people looked at their contract and said, okay, if you can cut him, save all that money, not take a dead cap hit, that's when veterans start to know. Because veterans know. Veterans know, okay, hey, the status of my contract right now makes it such that it might be problematic, for sure. Now, now that we've established that J.J. Watt was a good player last year, and would have been pretty clearly the second best player on the defensive line, maybe even as good as Jerry Hughes because you have to account for J.J. Watt's double team rate, which was higher than Jerry Hughes. So when you have these things, you go, okay, he was slightly less productive than Jerry Hughes when it comes to pressures and sacks, and he was slightly less productive even though he had more pass rush snaps than Jerry Hughes did. But we also know he got double teamed more than Jerry Hughes did. So those two things, you can kind of view them as close. But would you sign up for another Jerry Hughes at $10, $12 million a year? I probably would. To be honest, I probably would. If Mario Addison would have given the Bills Jerry Hughes-level production and Jerry Hughes-level talent, I think the Bills' pass rush would have been a lot better. Jerry Hughes was second in the league in pass rush win rate. In addition, J.J. Watt's a markedly better run defender than Mario Addison is. So if you think about it that way, okay, that would have helped the defensive line. I don't think there's an argument, in my personal opinion, that can be made that J.J. Watt couldn't help the defensive line. I also don't think there's an argument that can be made that he's an all-world player at this stage in his career because he hasn't shown all-world ability consistently because he's been hurt. So there's risk that's associated with that, and he's 31 years old. But Jerry Hughes is going to be 33. Again, edge rushers can play, assuming their body doesn't start to break down. So there's a middle ground between he's an all-star, amazing, all-world player, give him the bag, and he's trash, who is completely over the hill and can't help this team. I think he can help this team. I would be interested if I was Buffalo. I would make a call. Of course, the next reasonable thing to think about is, can the Bills afford J.J. Watt? The answer is yes, they can. The Bills could release Vernon Butler for a $7.8 million cap hit right now with $1 million in dead cap. That's it. There's a huge chunk right there. I'm not saying releases are the only options. I'm just giving an example of something they could do to free up that type of cash. So that can absolutely happen. I don't think Vernon Butler was an impact player for the Bills in 2020. And quite frankly, you might be thinking, goodness gracious, he's a defensive tackle. J.J. Watt's defensive end. There are a lot of people who think that J.J. Watt would do better playing on the end in early downs and then kicking inside to defensive tackle on passing downs. There's a lot of people who think that at this point in his career. So it's not like they don't overlap at least a little bit because they kind of do. The John Brown and the $8 million that can be saved there have been discussed before. 
Maybe there's a restructure there. Maybe there's a release. But one or two moves could give you J.J. Watt level space. Now, I will tell you this. I would personally rather re-sign Darrell Williams than sign J.J. Watt if those were my two only options. Now, they're not. They're not the only two options. We have a tendency to kind of create these false dichotomies. You can have Darrell Williams or J.J. Watt. I'm just trying to say this from a prioritization standpoint. Where does J.J. Watt, the addition of J.J. Watt, fall in the prioritization for me personally? I have no interest in going back to the days of Eric Pierce playing right tackle. We just now got good right tackle play for the first time in a billion years, and I would very much like to not go back to bad right tackle play. I do think that J.J. Watt can help the Buffalo Bills, though. So it's going to be a hot topic for a lot of different fan bases. Obviously, Pittsburgh is going to be a hot topic as far as the destination goes because both of his brothers play in Pittsburgh. So I understand that completely. Does this become a scenario where he wants to win a ring and he goes and signs with the Buccaneers or something like that? But it'll be something to monitor. And because it's something to monitor, and specifically the Bills were named in Ed Werder's report, that makes it worthy of a Breaking Buffalo rumblings. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, go Bills.